0: Welcome to Catholic stuff you should know, the J Ten Initiative. Well, welcome to Catholic stuff you should know podcast. This is a J Ten Initiative, and this is Father Mike,
1: Father John. Hope you're doing well. Happy Friday of Lent. Friday of Lent is it second, third? I think it's second. Second Friday of Lent. Drinking uh, espresso. Are you supposed to say happy? Kind of happy. Cheers. It was um, the. We have been under the uh, hospitality of the men of uh, philosophy here. They got us espressos. Oh, though you yeah. have to regulate the espresso use on fasting days because it's easy to just
0: yeah tweak out tweak out. Um, jitters. Right, that's true. But I just ate my oatmeal. It's which you know, smells like rather good. That seven a.m. mass, and then I have uh, you know like I've got to go to the office and sign checks. You got to pay bills and, sign uh, at a church. And then um, sort of sort out and hear out the drama for the staff. Luckily, I'm not pastor, and I don't have to um, really mitigate and tell people, please don't quit. You yeah. don't need to quit today, yeah. et And then um, come in and teach Greek. So th- these are full mornings, and if I don't eat anything like I did today, I'm jittery and scattered for class. But then I got my oatmeal. I don't often have uh, – was that peach oatmeal. peach oatmeal the room smells that was like no that apple one apple you know okay. the apple maybe apple. It smells cinnamon. very
1: fruity in the room right now isn't it nice yeah.
0: i never have that stuff except camping and um maybe when i was a kid i just don't eat I, I just don't really eat it but i don't know why because it's very tasty
1: well i'm gonna eat that every morning on the caro trail for the month of july Uh
0: do you have a favorite flavor
1: blueberries Really, and then man, eh, peaches is pretty. Well, good.
0: Well, you just, so you're not going with the classic Quaker assortment. No, you're going to go with some fancier. No,
1: it's the little packets like you had today. You know, the little but yeah,
0: but Quaker don't make blueberry.
1: No, oh, Kodiak.
0: Blue- Kodiak. Have you ever tried that one? No, that's a Colorado brand. Kodiak. Ah, cake. Kodiak. Or something. Okay.
1: Well, in honor of you, Goble, we're still talking about food on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, we are. Lo- I'm looking at this little machine called a Zoom, which we probably should have bought like seven years ago, but it just so happened today, fortuitously, that Michael and Michael, uh, Michael Sparks and Michael, Salemi, are those the philosophers? Those are the guys who helped wow, us out. Wow, we we've hijacked their studio, and we were pulling out our our pet dinosaur uh, soundboard, and they were like, "Why don't you just use the Zoom? It's like one button, record." And then upload it's amazing this it's was amazing. the
0: this is what olo uses olo. for his podcast it's brilliant it's amazing how people will uh creatures of habit will <laughs> s- sit and mess with the same system for yeah. 12, 12 years 12 years <laughs> and poorly but i almost it's yeah. i feel like it's almost tragic That we won't get to whine and complain about technical difficulties. That
1: is true. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I guess just more food. (laughs) What do we Well, speaking of scents, I have to start with a confession.
0: Uh oh. Uh,
1: Bethany Doyle gave you a sandalwood candle.
0: And I I never saw it.
1: I gave it to Dee Marie.
0: Oh, no. I kind
1: of forgot. Well,. I kind of forgot that now Darcy Swain listens hey, to this. So she's in the Bethany, office. So Darcy, this stays in. The-
0: Bethany, here's your lesson learned. Don't give anything to Father John.
1: Yeah. So it was one of those like, uh, is this for Mike? I forget. And then I was like, oh, it is. And I was just handing out
0: stuff. You know what?
1: I did my purge. So I'm kind of in a in a handout mode, you know?
0: All right. So I don't hold it against you because I love Marie, And she's uh, one of these sweetest women on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually I would bring, I was kind of thinking I should bring it in the confessional. Do you burn a candle in the confessional or is that just too much scent? I don't hear confessions. We do two hours of confessions at a time, at least two hours on Sunday evening. And I don't know, like, I hate to say this. I don't want to intimidate people who haven't been to confession in a while, but it can get stale.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not usually not stinky. I don't know, but I think
1: a sandalwood candle would
0: be a nice touch. It's nice. Yeah. And it opens people up, and it's gentle, so it's kind of like...
1: We like candles, right? So
0: thank you, Bethany. Um, No thank you, Bethany, for uh, the aggressive competition from the start. It was like, as soon as we sat down for a coffee, it was like, I'll beat you in a foot race. Oh, Um, Nice to meet you. I'll beat you in a foot race. I'm going to outdo your marathon time. And then it was, um, what was (laughs) was the other one? Fact-checking. Oh, you know? Do you remember on episode three hundred forty-six? Oh no! You said that Dostoevsky was a victim of the Bolshevik Revolution. Well, he did. You know that he happened to live and and die thirty years before that. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry, Bethany. Thank you for fact checking or whatever. Yeah. She was cool. Thanks, Bethany, for the visit. I hope you had a great day skiing at Breck.
1: Right. Yeah. It was. Uh, she said it looked like. Um,
0: it snowed hard. What's the name kinda, of
1: that pass? Uh, Caradros?
0: I don't know what you Lord, you're of, the <laughs> Lord <laughs> that, of the Rings? Lord of the Rings? That's Gandalf? like when I say Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer. I can't, I can't say it.
1: I couldn't say Vietnamese. It, I have a guy from <laughs> Vietnam, and I kept saying Vietnamese, <laughs> and he was like, that's not uh, how you say it. Focus on the N. I was like, Vietnamese. <laughs> Vietnamese. So... Yeah, yeah so anyways, Karadras, it was, uh, uh, we're getting great snow in the mountains. Uh, we're just off a hut trip, Father Mike and I, oh, with, uh, I think they posted a photo of us. Uh, yeah, it was great. Hey, know?
0: I need you to resend the link. Okay. Because I just was doing other stuff, and I kind of tossed it aside, and now I don't know how to find the photos. Mm. It was I amazing will, uh, time.
1: That. Yeah, we love huts. We love being in the huts. It's been a, a few years since we've been in one together, and uh, but we, that's... Such a great place
0: here's another let me give you another like uh, honor and shame um, for the guys. First of all, those guys, these seminarians are amazing, and I really loved getting to see another side of these guys. yeah you know um, you got you know you got uh, Brian who's this wild adventurer, never knew it. You got David, who's like a guitar pro and you, a virtuoso, and mm-hmm. you never knew it. Jacob's coming up with film creativity, and Nathan is trailblazing for us. And everybody. Dylan's like a card wizard. Uh, Owen is a chef extraordinaire. Like everybody had something that surprised me and delighted yeah. me, and I loved it. Um, and it was so fun and beautiful. I. Had a great time. Thank you for the invite. Thank you for like making a spot for me. I don't know if you had to like kick somebody out. I did not have to, or kick like somebody. bury them in the snow.
1: It was just it's fun to be together um, as companions. We love sharing mission together, and we really do share this uh, um, this seminary work together. And uh, so it was great to be. Here. Let me uh, see if I can pull up a little video here. We can hear the audio. I don't know if this is going to work or not, but uh, Father Mike. You know, better not be singing. I would uh, I not let you play that. I would. You would think that I knew, I would know what to expect with this guy, but he's truly unpredictable. So, this is a oh, video, great. this is the audio that I took of it. Let's see if we can hear it. Kind of bright. It's uh, 10 08 at night on Thursday, oh, yeah. March 10th. And what are you boys doing? Doing some nice game, baby. And how cold is it
0: right now? Get that power 10 below. 10 below, go get it. Go. Yeah. So,
1: these two Hanyaks uh, headed out at uh, 10 30 at night and they were out for an hour and a half yeah it was negative 10 um
0: the clear sky but you love that ski night through you the lo- trees with a headlamp now i'm not recommending that to the kids yeah you love
1: that night skiing though don't you it
0: is amazing and i was right on the i was on the fence about getting out in the cold oh man don't worry you can go 10 below as long as you bundle up in layers man it was great it was impressive and we climbed to the top of the mountain and then turned off the lamps and just looked at the stars and then skied down. oh man that was fun yeah and the powder was great all week uh week
1: we're finally getting snow again here in Colorado we Oh oh here's it. the yeah. part
0: that I was going to hold against them but there is one thing I hold against you uh, seminarians uh-huh that it turns out that you're all into like heartbreak emo music yes about how some girl dumped you and then is this how you ended up in the seminary? I think this is how you ended up in the all seminary. of them. You all from heartbreak. Those old heartbreak celibate vocations.
1: Yeah, that's right. The emo. It's not emo. It's like indie. Yeah. Indie singer songwriter women seems to be oh, really? this generation.
0: Yeah, that's what they're I into. I don't know if
1: that does it for us. I mean, you were like no doubt would have been. You're probably vocational. You know, impetus. What's her name?
0: Gwen Stefani. Yeah. Uh, not really. No, I actually came from a punk background, ah. and that found my way into seminary through punk. Mm-hmm. Sticking it to the man. I considered Jesus to be the greatest punk. Right. This sort of system of oppression that Jesus uh, fought against, freed right. us from. Yeah, I still think he's that was the greatest a very
1: punk. Uh, yeah. You give a very very famous homily about ten years ago. Yeah. In the first that trip. Yeah.
0: You remember what word that was based on?
1: Punk. Paricia
0: the Paricia which go. followed me 10 years later into That's doctoral crazy. work. That's crazy, into doctoral work. Continues. Um, let's see, what else? No, what am I into? I don't know about what I'm into. Someone asked me that yesterday, music-wise, and it's too eclectic. Um, so I'll listen to hip-hop one day and then Carmen opera the next day, Bizet. <laughs> um, we went to, I went to an EDM concert last oh, night oh
1: bonobo electronic dance music how was it, <laughs> it was, with Angelo
0: it was fun man it was fun but it was so weird I bet it was what was, there, was the crowd oh, you like you weren't supposed to name anything oh sorry um, the <laughs> crowd it's, a, it's like okay so he oh man he's going to kill me for telling this story but uh, I don't think he knows it but he, he texts us and says hey anybody want to go to this concert I love this band and um, they're playing in Denver I'm going to come up um, and so I told him right away, oh, I love live music. It looks clear on my calendar. I'm in, get me a ticket. So then I go looking for this thing and I find it on YouTube and it's a DJ. Yeah. It's a DJ. It's not really even a band. It's right. kind of a band. Like you brought in some musicians, but it's a DJ. And I'm like, I haven't been to this kind of music since like a show. I'll listen to some of that, but not a whole lot. I haven't been to a show like this in, since Hannah brought me, and she likes yeah. that dance music or whatever so you had two awkward priests uh, go to this electronic dance <laughs> music concert, and there's lights everywhere and there's smoke in the air and there's there's uh just dancing you know <laughs> and this guy's bonobo um, I think i can I can recommend it without. You know, getting us in trouble with families and stuff because it's mostly just beats and sound and everything. And uh, he's kind of his niche is like um, almost like tribal sounds, uh-huh. didgeridoo stuff, and those like bowls in the Caribbean <laughs> that you play with the you know the uh, percussion. So it was it was really fun, but it was a surprise. It was very different. That's pretty. This wild. other priest was like was like this is the first con- concert I have been to in my adult life. And I was like, dude, <laughs> you chose this thing?
1: <laughs> yeah. He must sit way back in the day. Our friend, Father Peter, must sit, He was listening to Bonobo. Yeah. He must be fairly old because he's been – that was like 15 years ago. It was really good. Yeah. Nice. That's a fun – We were so fun, fun from this Random stage. adventure.
0: You got this whole crowd below that's just like in one the, in sort the, of sea mob. Right. Of kind of back and forth white, you know, late 20 kids who – can't really dance, but are, you know, grooving. On enough acid vibing. to be Yeah, able to, there were yeah. probably a lot of drugs, but I promise that we didn't take them. Okay. All right, so. That's good Lent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, no, I was thinking about this, and it, it was just my birthday a couple of days ago, and I thought, wow, God is good. I had been thinking, like, what do you want? What do I want for my 39th year? And I had the thought, I would like to learn to be a friend, to be a better friend, to be whatever. I mean, it it kind of implies, learn to be a friend kind of implies a sense of weakness or like a self-judgment about weakness. Mm. Um, But then I'm like, well, I've been trying to do this for 38 years. And, well, I'm probably like, I don't know, what, 35 or something. It comes natural to kids, so I don't know, later in that. But um, God just provided He's like, oh yeah, you want you want to learn? Go on a hut trip with people. Oh, you want to learn? Go to a dance party, <laughs> a giant dance party, and hang out and have fun with people. Yeah. That's the lesson I learned right away, and I'm like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. I have become a boring old man who works too much, and I'm going to start having fun with people. That's awesome. And if I have to get creative about how to do that, if I got to go to weird dance <laughs> concerts or whatever, here we go, thirty nine.
1: Thirty nine. That's a good but I think
0: a, it was grace I think God yeah, just set it up in the night and there. then God kind of like opens your eyes to what's going on in the world and in your world so I could see oh that was God
1: yeah there is something about so these we keep talking about these huts if you're not familiar with this um, the Tenth mountain Division trained uh, during World War II in a place called Camp Hale which is near Vale Colorado, and they built these huts in honor of the um, um, and in honor of the division um they're much more primitive if you've ever been to, like, huts in Europe, which are have hut wasters and these things. And these are very simple, but they're also really well done. They're beautiful. And uh, you can rent them out. And uh, so that's what we're talking about. But, yeah, friendship just seems a lot simpler in the hut. Yep. You kind of chop firewood. Um, you cook meals. You play cards. You go ski. Yeah. You say mass. You pray. You read.
0: And a lot of it, I don't want to tell people that you have to do exotic things. A lot of it is just be together. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And learn pinnacle,
1: and learn pinnacle or pitch.
0: Yeah, did you learn pitch. I did not learn pitch. I look forward to. You got to save something.
1: Got to save something. Pinnacle's tough though, man. Yeah, it was too complicated. We All right, we got to oh, get to one last. We got to start talking about something. Father. Do not play Bethany Doyle. I know you. You Doyle rules. You want to challenge Father Mike and everything. Do not. Do you challenge remember that? Him. Does she know
0: that reference? Probably not. Adam Sandler. Look it up.
1: Do not challenge him in hearts because he's unbelievably <laughs> oh, good. Oh yeah. I. I I've played a lot of cards with you, but shamelessly aggressive, I would call it. Incredible. I have never seen somebody shoot the moon so consecutively on really good card players. Like David Hall. Yep. I mean well, you got him stupefied.
0: You, you get the cards though. Oh man. It was fun. Were, I liked that part. You're Until I lost it. miserably at Pinnacle against David Hall. That's who true. did the same thing at a different game. He's a bit of a wizard. Slammed us. He won twice with Three hands, it's like I don't know. People don't play that stuff, so whatever. Yeah, whatever. If you're not into cards, get into cards. Get into cards. All right. Here's the here's the topic stuff. I want to talk about. Uh, you're a dogmatic theologian. Okay. Uh, ecclesiology and eschatology, Bible style. All right. Okay. Do you know about aliens? Do you believe in aliens? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I don't.
0: Do you think that there's really UFOs? No. No. Do you think that there is life in the universe? Um, maybe life. Uh, but not intelligent life? No. I think I'm with you. Yeah. If there were, do you think... Well, so, okay, how do we come up with then, like, all of these movies? And so I just turned 39, born in 83. I got all excited and was telling people... That there's two great things from '83. It's it's uh, the new code of canon law (laughs) and uh, the movie ET, extraterrestrial. Steven Spielberg. '83. Okay. Now, turns out ET was '82. Ah dang! So they make all these movies and stuff, and um, the aliens are. Trying to harvest things from our planet, oxygen, water, um, just eat people, maybe, and they're just kind of like violent, or they just come to be entertained, like we're a zoo, and they like watching, and um, yeah, the that's kind of like the concepts, and then I had the thought, well, what if. They, if, if there's like a, a more advanced society than us, a more advanced being uh, intellectually, you would think, we tend to think intellectually or te- technologically. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you just say like the evolution of, of human beings could be evolution of the heart or relationship or um, certain virtues. So what if the aliens were over here trying to, like, teach us how to reconcile, and teach us to be kind to one another, and how not to have the wars, and how to be, because it's possible, right? And I think we're kind of, I'm hoping that we're evolving in that direction. Um, but we always assume it's like, you know, they're trying to hey, jump planets. They're gonna planets come and harvest or, our organs or something. Yeah, or they're trying to mess with us. Yeah, somehow. that's interesting. Or give us technology. I've never thought, I've never thought about it like, like that. Like, if you're, you're more advanced and all you want to do is show us how to build, like, sandcastles, make right. pyramids. Right. My brother thinks that. The pyramids? Says, yeah, they've tried to show us the pyramids. It's like, of all things. Yeah. The sand pyramids castles. are cool. I know. Those are big stones and everything. Yeah. Room. All right. So, um, I had this thought while preparing for this last Sunday's homily because you run into, um, I think this was from Ephesians. Uh, I don't know. Paul says it. Peter says it. Hebrew says it. We are strangers and sojourners in this land, mm. in this world. And we are citizens of. Heaven. Quiz show. Yeah, heaven. We're citizens of heaven, and then we happen to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say we are, the Christians are, extraterrestrials. Well said. So. You know? Yep. Extra and ter- ter- uh, Terra. Uh huh. What does that mean?
1: Outside of the land?
0: Yeah, outside of this world. Yeah. Right? Outside of the outside of the land, outside of this world, beyond, you could say extra is beyond. Terrestrial means uh, worldly. Um I don't know if their concept of the beyond was necessarily like they're um coming from the stars, but they definitely didn't think there were other material beings created material beings out somewhere in another planet or that heaven is another planet. So we're not talking about Scientology, Mormonism, Mm. weird Mm sci-fi religions that are invented by weird sci-fi authors. Um, This is like, they had a concept of heaven that was a a kind of spiritual place and transformation, also um, a place that will have its fulfillment at some sort of end of time um but really it has a lot to do with the transformation of the person in baptism right that we become a different kind of being right you know the so is that is that weird you out to say no i like christian it. is an extraterrestrial i like the extraterrestrial Eat the phone, home, Eat yeah. the
1: phone home i uh
0: that's ecclesiology right
1: it is it is it's good um so much of the temptation, I think, is to try and find our home in the world, and for the church to try and find her home in the world. Um, with that also being said, I was talking to some. I was preaching to some friends I was staying with up in the mountains. They have a very nice home, and I just asked them. I think I had a couple of spritzes, so I was just like, "Do you feel guilty owning this home?" And they were like, "No one's ever asked us that." And I was like, "Well, do you?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I was like, well, what does it look like to do? Do they homes? say it because they're supposed to? No, they say it because it's really, really it's like the nicest house I've ever yeah I've ever seen. Um But why is it a shame to have a nice It's not but palace we're we're all Marxist right now. And yeah. we feel like nobody should own anything. Ever, it's all systems of oppression and it's like I, w- what I was talking about was this whole citizenship in heaven thing mm-hmm. is a way of thinking about how we enjoy the goods. Mm which are gifts but point us to, right, we're in the Paradiso in Dante right now and it's always Beatrice's eyes. He sees divine beauty in her eyes. And that's the good, the the, the physical good of her, but as a pointing to where we belong. And I think, I, so I think this whole citizenship in heaven thing is actually really important for how we live in the world and, mm-hmm. and our ability or inability to receive good things. Because it's really hard to receive gifts that we don't deserve.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Especially
1: huge gifts. People who didn't desire riches. Who didn't want prestige, well, but Jesus who have says, it and who are using it for good. But
0: who is it, James? Money is the root of all evil. You the know, love you, of money. The right. love of money is the right. root of uh, evil. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's, blessed big are the, blessed that's a big are you, difference. Blessed are, you, blessed are you poor, he says. Right. Now so I do think you can have a Marxist attitude. Fine. And but I wasn't trying to defend the the big house. I do think it it's it promote. Tension should arise about how we have goods and how we use them. Detachment is like an important, that's almost like the necessary thing, the foundation is that I don't, if I'm attached to this, I'm attached to this world. I'm gonna get stuck in uh, envy, kind of success, like looking for the wrong things in life. Um, And I could miss opportunities for charity, which is the whole point. You know, love God, love neighbor. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you could see it as a means for charity. And so I'm kind of like the 80-20 principle. If you have lots of money, then cool. I don't know. It's a gift um, from God, from the world. Um, Good for you. It's probably from hard work, a lot of luck. Spend 20 on yourself and 80 on, I don't know helping people, charity, mm. um, rather than the 80 on yourself and the 20 on the charity. Um, that's radical. I know I'm, I know this is easier said than done, but Jesus gave us three real central pieces of advice. You want to follow me? You want to be holy? Be poor, chaste, and obedient. And I don't know. The, I think the more radical, the more telling. But you have to have reasons, and you have to have you know, discernment and all these yeah. things that I don't think it's just like, okay, take a briefcase with 80% of your money and go put it in a park or bury it in a hole. Or something.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. I think, how the, did we get over there? I'm oh, sorry. No, I'm out sorry. Out of this world. And I don't yeah. want to, uh, I don't want to keep us on this rabbit hole, but I've been reading, uh, Dietrich von Hildebrand has a book on the heart. Mm. Have you read him at all?
0: It's been, a, it's, it's been a quite
1: good. Um, and, uh, He does this thing with, a so St. Augustine has this distinction between uti and frui. Mm -hmm. You familiar with
0: this? Yeah, use and enjoyment. Right. But I've, it's been The early Augustine. I've I've forgotten everything. Maybe this is 39. I've forgotten everything.
1: It's okay. uh, Foggy in the late 30s. Um, Uti to use, frui to enjoy. The early Augustine says, uh, this is von Hildebrand's read on it. Early Augustine says, you use everything, and you enjoy God alone, mm. and it's a pretty strict delineation. But what von this Hildebrand is his says early is early writing. In his early in teaching, writing, yeah. yeah, because I mean, Augustine had to radic- so radically be pulled out of the world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, just the he the That's he was so right, deep yeah. in carnality and these things, and so. But von Hildebrand says, as Augustine matures, he softens and he realizes that you can enjoy the things so long as you're using them to the ultimate enjoyment, which is heaven. Mm-hmm. so you should enjoy a hut trip but you should use hu- hut, the hut trip as a means to heaven which is charity yeah and you shouldn't feel at home in the world in the things that you're enjoying you can enjoy beatrice's eyes her smile but it should point to the fullness of divine beauty mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing and yeah I,
0: I, I, the bonobo concert
1: the bonobo it concert, was fun and yeah was dancing and but everything. it's not an end in itself and if you try and grasp it and just say i'm gonna enjoy this yeah. i had a, I had a spritz At the base of uh, Beaver Creek, and it was just one of these heavenly moments. And I remember thinking, how do I
0: grasp this? And God wants to give you a a taste of heaven to look forward to it. Heaven is like, you know, a thousand times better than Bonoba, but somehow similar of enjoyment, of connection, of all this. And those connections speak of
1: heaven, which speak of the homeland, which is why the heart awakens to this. I was telling them about being in, and you can definitely relate to this being in Siena and being totally alone and isolated in Italian studies and looking for faces that reminded me of home or people. Like you're looking for familiarity, looking for home. I would go through landscapes and I'd be like, oh, that reminds me of this place um, back home. So we're always looking for that. And if we see the beautiful and the good and the true as these kind of sign points, touchstones, back to heaven yeah it orients us Home. out of the world instead of trying to kind of amass and collect everything and live really comfortable yeah fulfilled lives here on Earth, well and that's impossible. the thing so
0: we're talking about beautiful things and enjoying them we, you can get stuck you can get stuck in the earthly and just look for comfort mm-hmm. so these things are also freeing you to take up your cross and follow jesus so He's not saying escape suffering. Right. There's a lot of people there. I was looking and I imagine, oh, this is probably judgy, but I prayed for everybody. There's a lot of people who are just trying to escape suffering yeah. or at the Bonobo concert, just want to dance for a minute. Yeah. You know, stop life and we kind of lose ourselves. Um, but if you could be in that mode all the time and just never, I don't know, never make sacrifices for something good. Um, all right. So. Let's see. What? what okay. Where, where were we? That was
1: wildly tangential. Okay. Thank
0: Extraterrestrials, you. because in baptism we are born, we die with Christ and are born to, to new life. This is Pauline, whatever. Um, what do you call it? Soteriology. Soteriology. Anthropology. Well, whatever it is. Anyway, we're <laughs> we're transformed. It's, it's and, an we, ology. and we take on uh, Jesus' life. And uh, receive his spirit, a different kind of spirit than was that is in the world, and we become uh, heavenly um, with our homeland in heaven, and we become strangers and pilgrims on this side, strangers and sojourners on uh, in this world that and you could ask, well, why why do we stick, stick around and somehow it's related to the project of salvation, and um, this is where ecclesiology comes in, it's um, or eschatology rather. Uh, God has a plan for the world. God is saving the world, and we're involved. We, we so we have a mission. So that's where like this uh, speculation about what would the aliens say. So if we are resurrection people, we are people who are coming back, really from the future. Um, from this future where all things will be in God, mm. where all things will be resurrected, and you will talk about heaven, right? There's a weird, it's very weird for us to talk about heaven before the resurrection of the dead, I think, because it's it's incomplete. Um, but we're already participating in something that is like a future reality. So we're either way, we're advanced. It's the next uh, level of evolution for human beings not this um, transhumanism, where we start to become half robots. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people in Silicon Valley who are looking forward to that. Oh yeah, that's a real thing, yeah. Because we'll be more advanced, because we can calculate things faster like the, we can play chess like the computers or Mm -hmm. whatever. And everybody can do that. So from from the lowest IQ to the highest IQ because right now okay fine we're better than the machines but eventually we'll, they'll get better and then we can k- kind of combine and it's kind of a you know scary future um, but also a lot of people get excited about that but they also say okay well technology is progress and that's what would what would make the world a better place the the better future is the future that's probably more united uh, it'll even the score um, it, with more technology and advancements, um, countries and economies advance, and then we'll all be kind of on the same playing field. And then whatever, all the the problems will go away, you know. Uh, but then also you have this kind of weird dream of us either destroying ourselves or becoming weird AI. Um, but the future for the Christian is that the world is sanctified, the world is converted, the world is saved, and people become holy. So it's a world full of saints and heaven come to earth, thy kingdom come, the kingdom of God come to earth. And we get to participate in that. We get to start with that project where the aliens who are in the world um, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the um, example conformity to Christ are have that, that mission to sanctify the world, to make it, as Michael Jackson said, a better place. Owen was singing that yesterday. What was he? Funny. And I said, I'm not sure we all want to be like Michael Jackson. No. But the, we do want to be like Jesus. So a world yeah. full of Jesuses is the future of the world. And that's the Christian claim, that that's where we place our hope. And it's a crazy hope. I mean, if you think about that, it's like the, the hope that we will stop fighting and figure out our political differences and I'll be a part of a giant u n or something. The hope that the that's like the Marxist hope. Mm-hmm. The hope of the technocrat that we will figure all, all our problems out with the m- with the help of technology is these things are things that we could do, like hit the ground running. Elon Musk, figure it out. Um, to say our hope is in God intervening in the world and with by the power of his grace and providence. This world becoming what it's meant to be, this uh, kind of perfection, return to paradise, you know, uh, kingdom on earth. I can't control that. Neither can I control that, nor can I s- necessarily predict or see how it's happening. So we're the fools hmm. um, or people of faith who trust in God. And that's the tradition we come from. I'm teaching Luke Acts right now, and it's all about we had hoped. We had hoped in God that He would do what He promised, which is save the world. And they thought for a minute that they were disappointed about the hope. But Jesus coming to Earth, He had to explain. On the road to Emmaus, yeah. this is the beginning. This is the the big bang for the future. And we get to, you know, may, remain hopeful in faith, but really have that expectation. That's the eschatology piece where I'm like we have a preview of the of the future, and we have a part in moving the world in that direction toward the coming of the kingdom. That might be too limited, because I don't, I'm don't. i not talking about after this life, but I do think the scriptures talk about the kingdom coming to earth in a way that eschatology should really be, um, I would even say prioritizing.
1: I like it, I like it. What do you, what it's do you think? It's a very uh, creative way of thinking which is uh, part and parcel to your intellectual style. Well,
0: some of this, I I think my formation of my mind has a lot to do, if you're interested in this weird extraterrestrial way of looking at things, read the Space Trilogy of Uh, C.S. I'm not just copying that, but back when I read that, I found it really fascinating, and it's informed my thought.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would say um, one of the the tricky things about eschatology that I'd like your thoughts on, because I'm teaching it, the last section of the this course. Um the relationship of freedom and providence or destiny or the mm-hmm. eschaton, like the alien invasion has happened mm-hmm. in Christianity. The world is being taken back by this alien force. Yeah. The king of the world is is the, the devil. And uh not anymore. Not anymore, but but uh the prince of the world was, you know. Yeah. This was his place. And uh it's it has been taken, it will be taken, uh and somehow we're in it. And when you're at a bonobo concert or you're just walking around and you're paying attention to a postmodern world, um, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like things are getting colder and more secular and people are just getting more run down yeah. by the by the inescapable uh kind of reality of human life this is why jordan peterson is so compelling to people i'm going to talk about him probably next week we went to see him speak this week he just lays it out you that was light, way different than life bonobo is, <laughs> yeah you had quite a week human life is catastrophic it's tragic it just yep. is um and i think people are awakening to that and it's helping them to feel that instead of the kind of continual numbing of of uh of just kind of carnal desire and um and technology. So that's my question is just like well, what role do we have to play if this thing is is if the alien invasion has happened and and will happen you know. Yeah. What do we have to do with that?
0: Yeah, or do we just suffer in a crazy time? Yeah. Oh, I think that's a worldly way of looking at it. If yeah. you are and a lot of Catholics do, and I don't know, I don't know this for sure that we should that I can say that you shouldn't. I can't. I don't know if I should reprimand people for looking at the world and saying, "Father Mike, I'm I'm just scared. I'm afraid. I'm angry because we're about to blow ourselves up, or someone's going to kill us all with one of these crazy viruses, or an asteroid is going to run into us and we're all doomed." You know, um, I don't know. Is it? Is it fair for me to say, I do think it's fair for me to say, all right, well, chill out on the YouTubes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's obviously not helping you. Fear, anger, wrath, vengeance, these don't come from God. Um, so I don't know that you have to figure that out. But um, is it fair for me to say, that you know, the Christian has to live in hope, has to say the world is getting better because Jesus said, I have overcome the world. In the world, there's going to be madness and trouble um, Flipses, I think, mm-hmm. but uh, take heart. I have overcome the world. Um, is it required of us by Christian hope to say, "I the world is getting better," and it's it's crazy, but that's how God works. That's our God. Is He's going to co- He's going to overcome the dangers of communism and the you know the the bombs and stuff. That's not to say that terrible things happen have happened and will happen. So I don't know about that piece exactly. Yeah.
1: Oh, the other side there is there is a, a you know, an eschatological tension here that says things are going to get better but they're also going to get worse. It's yeah. almost like evil's being drawn out.
0: Yeah, Goronsky Gar- uh, used to teach that with Balthazar.
1: Balthazar, but this is, is a way of of looking at revelation that like things are things are not just going to kind of... We're not going to turn a corner and just kind of... Things will get better and better and better. Yeah. I don't know. Things are getting it's worse a, it's a, it's as a, it's they a read, get better. It's a read. Um, and the fathers, it is, the it's fathers an saw that too. It's not Let just me give Balthazar. you a different...
0: Let me give you an alternative. Certainly not your... To, this is the This is the a theodrama, and I'm proposing a, um, a different way of reading Revelation. I don't claim to be smarter than Balthazar, um, but I think these... Points and really, anytime you approach Revelation, it's rather speculative. Um, But if he's saying, okay, in time since Jesus, you're going to see this this sort of two roads that diverge, and is the world is simultaneously going to become holy and the saints are getting holier as they're getting more persecuted, maybe because the world is getting more and more evil and lost and frustrated and kind of. The entropy is leading the the, the, mor- the moral world back into um, absolute kind of chaos, pre creation chaos or whatever. Um, I think, yeah. There's another image. Here's another image that I love in Revelation seventeen seven. The the seer has been watching the madness of God's wrath, bowls being poured out, and uh, beasts and terrible, you know, horsemen who have been destroying things. And God is sending all of these things to um, to fight this war against the powers of evil. And um, you know that's been interpreted in a million ways. I tend to interpret that as the a conviction that over the course of time. God is going to progressively be conquering the, the, the things that plague humanity, the evils that plague humanity. This comes from an, an eschatology like where, uh, that, that refers to Psalm 110, you know, and the, the, the New Testament writers, the apostles saying, um, what's happening now is Jesus is subjecting all things under his feet. And until that's done, the time will continue, or whatever. So I see that as the that's my hermeneutic and my interpretation for Revelation. God is progressively getting rid of things: slavery, um, abuse, um, malaria, uh, you know, selfishness. These pieces, as as time goes on, then you have. So you have this the seer John on Patmos. He's been watching all of this stuff, and then this angel tells him why are you marveling at this stuff quit staring at the world and then you you get the scene almost immediately after of the destruction of the whore of babylon this final great problem and then the behold i make all things new and the king takes his seat and then you have the transformation of the whole world you know the new jerusalem descends and god is dwells among us and the earth is renewed into paradise, and there's the lion and the lamb together, and no more weeping, no more crying, and the world becomes perfect. And it's because heaven comes to earth. And the seer right there in seventeen seven is drawn by the angels. Say, quit looking at the world. Yes, it's crazy. It's going to cause you misery and fear and anger. And uh, look at heaven. Look at heaven. That's what's coming. That's the truth. That's the the future and then the book ends that way future the world ends that way and i think that's so that's my interpretation about like okay maybe i'm forcing my own desire for hope on this story and that's that's probably true you know if you have if you're a surly personality then and i have I had prayed for hope I, i'm a depressed person sometimes and so we tend toward wanting hope. So maybe this colors my interpretation of it, but there it is, you know, that you got the angel telling the guy, stop looking at the world. Yeah, no, Stop I think watching that the angry YouTubes and the CNNs yeah, and the Foxes and the, the, the getting all worried about Putin. And there's a, I don't, there's a piece of responsibility for the Christian to be paying attention to the world uh, in order to dialogue with the world, in order to help speak Christianity into the world Um, teaching but you can get so trapped Mm -hmm. and he says look at heaven spend your time looking at heaven
1: yeah and i think the the thing we would also agree on is um interpreting the the perennial temptation for christians to interpret literally the things of revelation oh yeah there's gonna be is this this is this I mean, it's just I hear this constantly. Yeah, nonsense.
0: It is talking about a perennial problem, right? Of but it's evil, not. But it's not saying that beast is not this his, guy. It's
1: not a historical moment. No. I think if we it was miss talking about that at yeah. all,
0: it was using the examples of ancient Rome right. when it was written. Right. But I don't think it matters. I don't think it's meant for that. Yeah. Just like totally. this uh, purgatorio we talked about, Dante mm-hmm. is using a metaphor. that's also real. Mm-hmm. You know these. Beasts, this violence, wars, they were happening at the time of the writing of it. They happened throughout the, the history, and they are going to happen in the future. Yeah, But he's not, no, he's not predicting something.
1: Yeah, sometimes in Scripture, the literal sense is the spiritual sense.
0: Yeah.
1: It's yeah. not always the case where they're, you know, and what is the author's intention here? You can't translate eschatology into historical moments, certainly not the one that we're in right now. It is very... Uh, exciting to do it, but
0: um, what do you think it about it? Collapses
1: my, the alien.
0: What do you think o- about my aliens on Earth? I with like the, it. With the, the, like the it. mission. Do you think our yeah. our job is to sanctify the world? Well, I mean, okay, fine. That's in the literature, but do you tend to think of it more like that, or is it more like um, to? create a a sanctuary like a, a safe place yeah. a place of salvation in a world that's mad
1: yeah that's a good question i certainly feel like an alien more and more walking around in a roman collar yeah in a postmodern world people look at you like what the
0: yeah they ask me if i'm a caterer
1: yeah <laughs> yeah um so we are kind of freaks um and i think i think that christians in general are feeling that um
0: what was your question again Oh, it was just that like, do you, it's kind of like you tend to that idea of, we have a mission that almost participates in the inevitability of the world being sanctified. I I guess
1: that's two pieces. Yeah, I mean, I I just see like we were aliens and then we we became citizens. Christendom was a citizenship of of Earth in some ways. It was Uh, really good. I mean, I love Dante and I love St. Thomas and I love the... We received from it, but now we're back aliens again. We're in a post Christian, post Christendom era. And so you're, we're feeling the alien nature. And I think that a lot of it is just getting people to get outside of Catholic bubbles and be at bonobo concerts, talk to people in coffee shops, engage the world again, yeah. but as an alien and not try and concede and conform the church to the world, which is this kind of last desperate attempt of a dying liberal project it's just if we could just make the the church more like the world then we could all hold hands and and unite in a you know cat stevens song about peace or whatever and yeah, peace train i think that was the song i was thinking
0: yeah of. cat stevens is good um record. and you, you that were, is just
1: man. we got to get we got to feel like aliens again but the 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 secret so to speak of the alien is humanity right because the incarnation is what is how is the to use your ridiculous example like this, this is, the, this is what transported us here. <laughs> is the incarnation? <laughs> yeah, so it's all about yeah. humanity, so it's not about creating kind of sanctuaries of religious practice as much as it is allowing the transformation of, of our humanity to happen, and that means grace which is, which is immeasurable and uncontrollable and wild. and there was a moment when we were on the hut trip, and we were just kind of reminiscing about man, 11, 12 years as priests wild
0: yeah it's I been know. a
1: wild ride and we're looking at these pups and we're like you just can't know yeah, you can't totally
0: know. unexpected high highs low lows
1: yeah amazing surprises so yeah that that's kind of i think
0: can i um propose a weird analogy uh for Bethany Doyle to evaluate <laughs> 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 I got you girl uh the the difference between, okay, so E.T., you remember E.T.? Yes. You remember how it ends? The human bicycle. Beings, the human beings can't stand for aliens to be so nice. Right. And to have big heads. Right. So they have to send him away or right. attack him or whatever. And I think he's alienated, no pun intended, from his own as well. I, whatever it is, you're weird, you don't belong. And you, he's just a nice guy with a glowing finger and stuff. Mm. Nice to that kid. So they go bicycling off into wherever um, but I think the temptation is then in an apostolic age, not in Christendom where we're in charge, and everybody is you know part of the crew. now we're the minority, and we feel our being on on the outs in the minority. you could go one of either way, you could go and share your mission with the world because you've been en- ennobled and filled with the Holy Spirit, and you have you have something to give. Or you can cower in fear and mm-hmm. run away mm-hmm. because you feel like you're the victim and whatever. And I don't want that for our young Catholics or any Catholics really. But um, I think it's a temptation to just say, "Oh, people obviously don't like me. Let's get together and hide." Right. Together. Right. So um, I propose better than the ET is the Alf. You remember <laughs> <laughs> Alf? <laughs> who, Alf, who as an alien. So weird. Just is he an alien? I think he was an alien he just, <laughs> he just he just makes jokes to his neighbors Alf and has fun, and I don't think he was ever victimized or, or persecuted. I think Gobel would probably get this analogy better than you do
1: I think he probably would. I'm sorry I never Bethany actually, Doyle. you I tried to avoid Alf at all costs
0: I don't even know. I don't know Alf that well, but I just
1: no it's a huge temptation a run back to the bastions, create a bastion so that we don't or just conform, you know. Yeah, uh, well, no, right. I was thinking of the Coneheads the whole time. The Coneheads, you know, yeah, you know, or it's third rock like, from the sun. <laughs> we're trying to make ourselves just fit in, but we just we just don't. We but don't yeah. fit in. But if you are a layperson, you look like there was this alien show that Book was into, maybe like ten years v. ago. V. Oh yeah, they look the same, but they're lizards. They're lizards, but they look the same. Uh, the the layperson it's it's much more of a temptation to just kind of water water things down because you're in the world and you look the same we walk around in clerics and this you, you talk to us for yeah, more than two minutes and you're it. like you're a weirdo and we're like yeah and so it's different challenges but it's the same thing which is get out there and do not settle into parochioi right parishes yeah outside of the house These is a place of aliens is what a parish literally means right yeah and uh, I think we got to make our parishes more like this is like uh, Area 451, remember that video game? <laughs> like, it's gotta be weird places of where it's like, this is really different. This is not just like a social club for kind of, I don't know, geriatrics to play cards and uh, and to say some prayers together. It, it should have a very different feel, uh, but one that hopefully speaks to humanity and transforms it. So,
0: There it is. There it is. Alright, shout out goes to Mike Lazari Mike my Lazeri. new favorite person in the world unbelievable Mike Lazari fantastic catholic man unbelievable great dude uh, loves sports is uh, a virtuous holy uh, impressive fella fun he introduced me to some funny shows and he is engaged to my sister unbelievable so yep congratulations to him She's an amazing person. Congratulations to her and uh, Mike Lazare. You also have the best first name ever.
1: That is uh, a lot of Michaels today. Um, I don't think I actually have any uh, shout out. These are like from a year ago. So. All right, extraterrestrials. If, if I, uh, uh, thanks. So that was, that don't was fun. Don't get too weird about
0: this. Don't dress up or anything like this. Man. You kind of want to. Let's Just be think honest. about it. All right. Thanks, God bless Marty. you all.